This episode of Blue Switch Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Breakaway today to get access to our BSBOTs, especially last week where we break down why John Hines is the better coach than Peter Laviolette. Wonder why. We'll probably talk about it on today's podcast too, but you should support us. That's how we keep going all year round, covering the Rangers every single week for the last eight years or almost eight years or whatever it is. So without further ado, we do have Shayna on the show today. We talk a lot of coaching, a lot of offseason, and much more. And Greg and I answer some questions, of course. So let's get to Mark Messier and get to the show. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Okay, guess we'll just go from here. Uh, hey, Bushwick Breakaway, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. We've talked about on this here podcast, the Rangers, obviously, the Mets, obviously, mm-hmm. horse racing, obviously, yep. high school musicals, obviously. Boy, I cannot wait to get into this. <laughs> Ryan, we are adding the Bachelorette to yes. the rundown. For, listen, we're not a Bachelorette podcast no. for long, no, but, no. For, but for one reason... And we have to make this announcement. We will. Before we talk about this, yes, we will talk about the Rangers. Yes, we do have Shane on for 40 minutes to have an extensive conversation about coaching. That's not why you're here today. I That's promise. not why you're here today. You're here to talk about this particular episode of the or this season of The Bachelorette. Greg, take it away. Okay, so we need to tell you our friend Kyle, who's in our longtime fantasy baseball league that you guys have absolutely heard way too much about. Yeah, sorry about this that. podcast. Kyle, one of our good friends, good guy. His brother, Nick, is on the upcoming season of The Bachelorette. That alone would be exciting and enough for us to discuss The Bachelorette on this year's show. However, uh, The Bachelorette on Instagram released the the roster, essentially, (laughs) for the upcoming season. And they had three fun facts about everybody. And Nick's fun fact... From Bayonne, New Jersey. Can you can that, you read the, can you read the whole thing top to bottom or no or just that uh, one well, thing? Well, I I don't I don't want to read the whole thing because the one thing is okay. what we need to talk about here. He okay. said his favorite local eatery is Walmart. Is is Nick a serial killer? Well, let, let's just <laughs> first of all, when I say the word eatery, what's the thing that comes to your mind? I think of like a bakery. I first of all, I don't think of any fast food when you say right. eatery. You're thinking, but it's an eatery to me. It's not quite a restaurant. It's more of a deli, a delicatessen. Yeah, but they have some croissants. They've made maybe, maybe yes. bake their own bread, stuff like but that. You, you can get a good bacon, egg, and cheese from there. You can Eateries good... have the best bacon, egg, and cheeses. That's for yes. sure. And yes. bodegas, of course. De- sorry, deli, deli food. Yes, uh, not a place you would go for dinner, but a place you would have cater for like a barbecue or like some kind of house event. Right? How, how could you leak? Like, I know the whole point in media is to get us to talk about things right and it's working it is it, working and it, working. it is working but if you are nick and you're on the bachelorette how do you let them post that your favorite eatery is walmart well, and now, did... hold on hold on we we know enough about kyle and we've seen text message conversations between kyle and nick okay <laughs> i say this out of complete love and admiration of kyle who's one of the kindest sweetest human beings i've ever met in my life they're quite boring <laughs> they, are, they are the most basic tech like he he's like he'll text his brother sup and nick will say what's up and kyle will say 
just hanging. But and that's Nick guys being cool. That's no, guys no, being that's dudes. That's not guys being dudes. Right? <laughs> that's not how I talk to any human. That's how I talk to people I don't want to talk to. And Kyle is like, no, man, that's a deep conversation I'm having with my brother. We're actually seven levels down that you're not understanding. I just love that they wrote the favorite local eater is Walmart, and the next thing is terrified of tigers. <laughs> What? I mean that's that's fine. Like I I get it. I mean it, it's out it's outrageous. I don't think there are any tigers roaming around Bay on New Jersey. But like I just need to know Nick's definition of eatery. Is he calling an eatery anywhere that sells food? The, okay. Did the Bachelorette media staff take? Was he like where do you, where do they where do you like to shop for food? No, and no. he said they Walmart. They asked what's your favorite eatery, and he probably thought about it. For three seconds and said, I don't know, Walmart, question mark. But, Ryan, like, this is like. Have you you ever bought even fresh fruit from a Walmart? No. Because it's a hard (laughs) fucking no. Listen, listen. I know the produce is is fresh and taken care of, but there's something in principle. Right, right. I I understand that I'm coming off as, like, an entitled elitist snob by saying I would never buy fruit or fresh vegetables or shit from Walmart. And I understand there are some people that need to shop at Walmart to get these things. I get it. I I, I understand. We all live in different backgrounds. We all it's come principle. from different backgrounds. But if I go to a Walmart, I don't want to buy food from anywhere. I could also buy toiletries. What? Not toiletries, like a plunger from. Like if, if I'm getting the plunger, I don't want the food. You know what I'm saying? It's just like every you could get everything at Walmart. Period. All it's, you know, it's it's everything Walmart. but food. I don't want food at Walmart. It's never I've gotten, like, snacks store. at Walmart. Like, you know, like, I go camping, and I'm in the I, middle I gotta, of nowhere. I'll be with you, Ryan. I've never even bought candy at Walmart. If oh, I'm at no. Walmart... You were I'm like, candy's, candy's out. <laughs> I just... If I'm putting it in my body to ingest, I don't want okay. to buy it from Walmart. I just... Right. If... You know, even if he didn't say eatery, if he said my local grocery store was Walmart, I'd have a problem with them. I hope and I pray that in it's 6.54 as we record this... That the Rangers sign a head coach in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we keep this episode exactly the same. It would be it, the, the, the um, Father's Day Truba episode all over again. Oh, man. Fathers. Yeah, uh, anyway, new season of The Bachelorette starts Monday, June 26th. We will be, be re- having conversations. We will be reviewing clips of Nick. Uh, only uh, Nick. Like, once Nick... I have once Nick's out, the, the, we're, at, we're out. Yeah. Well, let, well, let's set the line. I think... I think he gets the rose on the opening night because he's going to come off. First of all, good looking dude. I was going to say, he's a handsome man. Good fucking looking dude. Uh, I think he gets a rose because she's going to find him quirky. uh, And then she's going to realize that he's not quirky. And that's just his personality. And also, by the way, Kyle has promised us Nick once he's off the show. (laughs) I forgot that Nick's going to come on the pod. So like everyone's, (laughs) everyone's listening to this and they're like, this is these guys are saying some things they wouldn't say in his face fucking bullshit no no we're I'm, gonna say it. i have questions for nick that will be answered here on blue shirts breakdown the off season for sure uh welcome to off season pod content because boy eatery like i need to know how it happened yeah i just want to know i am dying to know what he just de- de- determines as an eatery like i i don't know what combination of words he gets to oh yeah no that's an eatery i don't i don't i don't because again like would you buy food at target why wouldn't you why wouldn't you say target they got food I don't know. All right, let's. Uh, you going to Walgreens man. on a Monday night? Is that fancy eating for him? I'm just gonna say, like, uh, I'm an only child. Uh, at least I have a half sister, but I'm a, I mo- I grew up an only child. But if I ha- you have a sister, right? You have you have I siblings. Have two of them. Yeah, if you if your sister uh, 
had something like this come out online, wouldn't you just send it to them like once a week? I'd actually expect one of my sisters to say Walmart is her favorite eatery. Okay. She's a fucking mess. <laughs> and I would be like, I'd be like, I, you're an, you're a fucking idiot. Why are you saying you grew up in the same house I did? And this, this reflects poorly on me. You understand. Oh, that's super funny. Uh, shout out to Nick. Can't wait to watch this clip from The Bachelor. So I've never been more excited in my life to watch The Bachelorette. Let's go over the couple pieces of Ranger news we have to talk about, and then we will talk extensively with our dear Fruit and Chaina uh, about the, the coaching that search. There is no new. No, there's a couple pieces. We got to get to it. Um, the fifth round pick they got for Jaden Grubb. I wasn't even gonna. That wasn't even on my notes. My notes are in my head, by the way, and they're not real. Uh, they are confirmed to play on a Sunday night in February, February nineteenth, versus the Rangers, versus the Islanders, versus the Rangers at MetLife Stadium, where they're the away team. Uh, uh, congratulations! Cool. It's going to be cold, and right. I hope everyone has a good time. And right. I want to just say that the NHL will not promote this. Nope, I could, and also I'll tell you right now, just I just don't care. I will right. try and go, maybe. Oh no, no, thank you. Depends on how cold it's going to be. It's February. It's cold. <laughs> in, in, in New Brunswick, where it's always quite windy. Uh, yeah, great. No, I listen, if, if you're excited for the outdoor game, God bless you. Power to you. Cool. I, Power I, to I, you. I'm kind of, I like them more as novelties. Uh, I don't think I like them as it, – it's one thing. You want to do the New Year's Day game and make it an outdoor game and make that a tradition. I, I Great. Like, claim your day, make it a tentpole event, do it up. But, like – just to have an outdoor game for the sake of having an outdoor game, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. They especially would... doing it, at least doing it at City Field, Yankee Stadium. It, like, it, those are weird locations for me. MetLife, like, MetLife it's seems, a fishbowl. MetLife seems really weird. I know, like, they would never do it, but, like, something in Central Park would be awesome. Yeah. They'd never do it. No. Well, they'll never be able to build, like, a makeshift 10,000. Well, <laughs> I guess the minimum is 5,000. Uh, yes. But, yeah, like, I know why they want to do MetLife. They're going to sell a ton of tickets. They'll make money hand over fist. Good for them. They're not going to get my money. I ain't falling for that shit. I might be there. We'll see. Uh, and then, I don't know if you heard, uh, the, the Rangers are not talking to Patrick Waugh. What? They're not. They're not doing it. Right. Uh, I heard there were whispers. They were, they were getting louder. I My favorite part was, um, I, we had, do have to have Larry back on sometime soon, but it was like, Larry was like, I can confirm. Oh, last Friday. I can confirm the Rangers have not talked to Patrick Waugh. And then today, Molly reported, the Rangers will not talk to Patrick Waugh, and they had never had any intention to do so. Well, now, <laughs> like... In Larry's defense, Larry confirmed, the, the information Larry got was they haven't talked to him. And Larry was like, well, there's still an opportunity for them to talk to him after the Memorial no, 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 Larry did a great job, as always. Yeah, there were two ways to take that news. There was the optimistic way some people took it that I think are we're holding on to a, a, a dream. It is super funny that that like he's our Lord and Savior in this situation. Like, yeah, yeah, fine. this is what we need. No, no, bad news bears. But I, I would have like, been great I content. I understand. Oh, content I understand why insane. some people were like, "Oh, they're just waiting until the end of the Memorial Cup." Uh, listen, if the coaching search was in its fifth week at that point, so if Chris Drury hadn't talked to you yet, he ain't gonna fucking talk to you. And it's that's easier. How I took it than ever to get in touch and i assure you he has his number yeah it's it's listen it's one thing if they're trying to wait to have that formal in-person interview until after the memorial cup they hadn't fucking talked ryan that means he's not fucking in like yeah. i don't i i read that story like oh got it no problem cross cross wa off the list if he wasn't already crossed off the list i just i was amazed by the people that took that story like 
oh no, they're just doing the gentlemanly thing and waiting. Guys, this is fucking professional sports. You think Chris Dury gives a shit if a 16-year-old in Quebec is going to not have their coach for a night? <laughs> It's like, always I, funny when we go back, we do the, the recording first, and we go back to the open, your cursing just enhances. <laughs> <laughs> like, it goes from, like, you're with Shana, you're like, I, uh, hey, Shana, really oh, great to man, have you. I, I meant to tell you this. Uh, I, for whatever reason, because I'm a degenerate, that's the reason, pulled oh, up every, one of our reviews the other day. Yeah. Because um, I was out to drinks with our good friend Gina, who's now famously been hey, on the podcast. Um do to do i'm gonna read you one of our most recent reviews because it got me cracking up i am sure it's very positive uh oh, where are you i'm sure it's super positive oh, no. everybody loves it oh uh, here we go it. uh oh. it was titled great for 15 year olds this was on friday uh, this, uh, is this one from 2017 because we have nope, some similar this is ones from, this is from friday okay uh bill and ted excellent adventure wannabes no Pass. this is this is not this is okay this guy has uh, left multiple reviews i know yeah, this one yeah and he's he's a little bitch who pees sitting down anyway <laughs> Whoa, really i was peeing sitting down nothing yeah if you know. <laughs> anyway really embarrassing <laughs> immature and unprofessional not real smart definitely try definitely mm. not funny try cursing more it makes you look real intelligent greg is just not the personality he thinks he is. Oh. F-bombs galore and a lot of likes. No insights whatsoever. Truly sophomore in high school level talk. It is so bad that it is almost impressive. Mm. Your IQ will drop at least 22 oh. points after listening to one okay. show. Sir, what I have to say to you is uh, have a uh, wonderful you, day because your life is already fucking miserable. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I appreciate him um, calling me out there. I do say like sometimes. and I call myself out mentally. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Uh, anyway, fuck that guy. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I, not an inaccurate the review. Patrick Wall of reviews. Let me tell you, uh, not an inaccurate. Uh, so they they will now move on between Laviolette and Hines. Uh, they will move on. They will stay exactly where they were. They will stay where they were before. I did like the reporting that Elliot Friedman was like, okay. I said like again. Elliot Friedman. Okay, he's in. Uh, Laviolette is in New York on Tuesday. And excuse me, he's actually in New York on Thursday. <laughs> okay, and Hines awesome. was in New York this weekend. He was. We we knew because someone told us he was on a flight with them. Uh-huh. That was pretty cool. Little scoops. Uh, the Rangers will hopefully hire a coach this week. I do imagine they can't go another week. Uh, hey. <laughs> they could. They, they could. They could. I, I just don't want it to be Quenville. I know we talked about it with Shana. I'm just not. I'm just not interested. So hire this coach already. Let's move it forward and go from there. I will say that's the only name out there that would enter the conversation at this point in time. If if it, it's down to the Rangers and the Flames, these are the only two teams that have vacancies right now. I'd be and, shocked if it was Leach or anybody else. I just don't. I don't think they're in play. Right. So it's it, it's what we know. The only person it could possibly be is Quenville, and that's because again he's not. But again, you wouldn't. If it was going to be Quenville, I feel like the Rangers would be imploring Bettman to move this process along. The fact that James Dolan, you think, is a patient man when it comes to a coach? Like Didn't James Larry, Dolan. Did I miss something? Where I, I thought Larry said he, that Quinville, oh, Quinville was Yeah, Brooks was said Larry, Quinville is not an option. Not going to be an option. All I'm saying is the longer this goes, that's the only name I actually get worried about. And again, just do the math. If the Rangers really wanted Quinville, they this process would have been sped up with when Bettman was going to talk to him and reinstate him or not. All the smoke people heard after the Rangers got eliminated, it's very clear where it was coming from. Joe Quenville's camp. Because if Joe Quenville could make it seem like a team was interested in hiring as a head coach, it could help move the process along. But here we are, some five weeks thereafter, and nothing has moved. Which, to me, it means to me that 
Drury was waiting for a guy to become available. Neither of those two gentlemen did. But then Hines did, who I think he likes more than LaViolette. And I think that's where we're going to end up. Agreed. Well, let's go talk extensively to Shayna about all of this. Uh, and then we will come back and answer some five-star questions. So let's transition over to our dear friend Shayna. We'll go from there. Transition. Explore Beyond the Stratosphere in Museum of the Bible's compelling exhibition, Scripture and Science, Our Universe, Ourselves, Our Place, in Washington, D.C., open now through January 15th, featuring artifacts from trailblazers in history like Isaac Newton, Nicholas Copernicus, and hidden figures like Dorothy Vaughn. This exhibit guides you through groundbreaking discoveries and thought-provoking questions. Come and see how Scripture and Science have shaped our world. Get your tickets today at museumofthebible.org. And we're back with our first guest of the day. We have our dear friend, Shana Goldman of The Athletic, and many, many other things. Shana, how are you doing? I'm great now that I'm here. How are you? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> so I've been thinking about, there's a topic everyone's chatting about these days. And it's, I'm trying to combine two topics in one. Would it be cool if the Rangers announced they're using ChatGPT as their coach? First ever team to really embrace AI and statistics. Yeah, I think that would be great. I'd like to see how people would manipulate it <laughs> to try uh, to make it like spit out different combinations. I'm glad you asked. Today, <laughs> today on our Discord Insiders chat, someone made the lineup that ChatGPT ran out, and it, it put Zach Jones with Keandre Miller on the right side. And I said, I'd like to see it. And that's, about, that's about as far as I got. I was like, more innovative than the last couple coaches we've had. Let's give it a shot. And then it gave reasons as to why it did that. Which was also more than I've gotten from my last couple of coaches. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, you know, what, Quinn's whole thing was what uh, I had. A, I just had a feeling or something. What was his line? He had a line. He was hooked on a feeling, I believe. Hi, I'm believing. I don't know. You, you, you're struggling today, man. How many? How many of those meds have you taken? <laughs> well, who's counting? Um, yeah. So I, the AI thing, I'm not sure, but we still are looking for a coach. Uh, I think we're down to a, a top two, Shana. Tell me if you've heard otherwise. I know the Rangers have not spoken to Patrick Waugh, and they will not speak to him at all. We will not call you. We're not doing it. I just, uh, I, I will say, and th this is a good spot to hand the reins over to Shana. Uh, the coaching search has gone so poorly that I think people were legitimately excited about Patrick Waugh, which is not a scenario I've ever once imagined this team being in. Yeah, that would be that would be something. I can't imagine in Chris Drury's position. I know he has a relationship with him and it's different, but to go from Gerard Collant to Patrick Waugh um, in terms of stubborn, difficult coaches who I would assume I can only speak to the fact that one has done this um, with the team. I can't speak to the fact that both have because I honestly don't know, but I could see them both as the type of coach who would walk into a uh, a front office and say, I demand XYZ player and you will get me them. And I just can't see management going, yeah, let's do that again. Well, they did that. And uh, it's kind of underreported how much Gerard Gallant did want Patrick Kane and that Chris Jury went out and got him. And now here we are. But Larry Brooks did today, did report today that, boy, it was a mutual agreement. Both sides said, we're good. Uh, I don't know how true that is. Anyway, sorry, Larry, but we're, we are now down, <laughs> we are we are now down to potentially the rumor the rumor mill unless there is a mystery candidate in John Heyman style in the MLB. 
uh, we are down to John Hines and Peter Laviolette. If uh, if people out there listened to last week's episode about Peter, Peter Laviolette, they heard a lot of profanity and probably a lot of negative terminology towards Peter Laviolette. And if they listened to the BSBOT later in the week about uh, Mr. Hines, they actually heard some logic as to why. Like, we don't think Hines is a good coach, but we could see why Chris Drury would want to hire him in terms of, like, he might actually just be a yes man and he might listen to him. What can Ranger fans expect from either coach? Maybe... Style-wise, uh, maybe decisions they've made. W- what do they have to prepare for for either of these hires? Okay, so it's so funny that we're talking. Well, hold on. Back one sec. The Gallant thing, it is funny you said that about the Rangers because it's so crazy. He had a history of doing this with other teams, and they knew this, and yet they still opened the door to it. So, you know, <laughs> who would have thought that would have, you know, history repeated itself in almost every way so spectacularly. So, it's, it's never uh, worked before, but what but if maybe. it worked for? But maybe, but maybe. it'll work yeah, for I was, us. I was gonna say it's the rest of development meme come to life, and then Ryan beat me to it. Sorry. <laughs> maybe they thought, well, he had time off, and coaches John Tortorella changed after time off. Look at Paul Maurice after a break. Did, he had time did off. John to, Tortorella to change after time off. He did. He did. He he did actually like he still had the same hard ass attitude, but he looked at offense and was a little bit more open minded and worked a little bit more with like the analytics department in Columbus after his time off him and Mike Sullivan both they started looking at how offense was generated in this league differently um friend of the pod Allison Lucan brilliant you know writer Emmy award winner uh we should say Emmy award winner Allison Lucan co-host of the too many men podcast that we love so much yeah Allison (laughs) she did write about this um she did a very good job covering torts and Charlie O'Connor's doing a great job now but um anyway John Hines and Peter Laviolette are two coaches who ironically were went back to back for Nashville. It's it's so odd <laughs> that they're going they first were looking at Laviolette and then they go, Well, the guy that replaced him just got fired, so maybe he's I I my mind is boggled. Shada, before you go into like what they're like, are you you say your mind is boggled. I think all of us are kind of boggled. Where it's like, okay, we got rid of Gerard Gallant. There's a plan. <laughs> I don't know how much it was that they had a plan. I really don't. It might have just been going, this is not the coach, and now we need to start over. We need to get to work as early as possible. Like, he's a pain in the ass. He's everything we thought he could be and worse, and it's it's not working with the players, and we don't have the time nor the patience to deal with this another second. We were going to get rid of this sooner, and it didn't work out the way we planned. So, you know, I... I I, I think that they didn't – I don't think that they had that, that huge plan. I don't think from the time they decided not to fire him midseason to the end of the year, they went, we know he's gone at the end of the year. I think it was like, let's let's see how things go. And then when they didn't go the way they hoped and they went the way that I think everybody saw coming, it was like, oh, shit. Now we got to work with this. And, and they had to do something. I'm sure they hoped that Mike Sullivan came available. But I, I don't think that there was ever that huge of a chance of that happening because – it seemed like whoever Fenway was going to hire was going to be a little bit more innovative and forward thinking. And Mike Sullivan's a perfect coach for that. I know Keith is another name that could have been out there and that would have been an interesting one. I don't think anyone saw him staying if Dubas didn't because some of the issue with Dubas was the loyalty thing. And if you were to fire Keith, you know, did he have, did he have it in him to fire Keith was like a big, a big question. So you know, you think he'd be available, but I don't think that they went into this going, we have some grand plan. They just went, we need to find the next option. 
how they landed on these two baffling right like a little bit <laughs> like it's it's a little um, like this is it this, this is the best we have to offer it it's baffling if we think that dolan isn't involved in this search i still think if dolan is playing a not not necessarily an oversized role but if dolan is like buddy you know if, if you're gonna move on from Gallant, you got to give me someone with experience i do think these are the names you end up with simply yeah. put yes you're completely right. And that's the big thing. Do you need experience? Uh, you know, could you have said Andrew Burnett because he has experience as an assistant associate and a short time as a head coach? Maybe, but I don't think that's the experience they want. They want certainty, even though it, it's one of the worst arguments to me. Um, the we need someone with experience because to me, someone with experience has experience screwing up. And for mm -hmm. some of these coaches, it's experience screwing up at numerous places some some of them like glant the same exact way over and over again because why would you change what makes you a coach when five seconds after getting let go parting ways getting fired whatever you want to call it you get handed another job you might think well i've been doing something right because someone was so ready to hire me that that's the safer bet even though for me as i would look at that and say i know how this person goes wrong 20 times and i don't see anything that tells me they've changed, why would I go for them versus the risky pick of maybe they'll bring something new, but no one wants to see what that new is. Especially in the National Hockey League. Like, Ryan and I have done this dance many times, and it's it's hard to explain to someone who listens to this show and is like, I'm only a hockey fan. I can only understand this in hockey terms. And when we say something as simple as like, this stuff only happens in this sport, like Brian Dable would not get hired in the National Hockey League. Not straight out of being an offensive coordinator, most likely. Like, he would have had to go to some, I, I, whatever the NCAA equivalent is for hockey, like in the AHL. He would have had to have been an AHL head coach at some time, even to get the sniff. Like, Greg Cronin, who got hired today. How does someone have 36 years of experience coaching without ever being a head coach in the National Hockey League? Like, I saw that number and did a quadruple take think rick bonus he never wanted to be a head coach for for years but i feel cronin and bonus somehow i feel differently about because i feel like with cronin there's a little bit more i don't want to say necessarily adaptability because i don't know enough about his coaching style to say that and i feel like that's a big word for a coach to have but it does feel like there's something a little bit different with cronin versus bonus bonus was i'm good at x hire me for that and only that and that was defensive style and I think his was outdated and overly traditional and the second he left the lightning they got a lot better because they were much more aggressive and modern and brought a two-way approach to it Cronin to me I don't know I feel like he actually like they might be on to something there and this is the next logical step and he's just been collecting experiences at all different levels to make him a better coach Maybe I'm wrong. I, I could totally be. We, we really don't know much about him yet. He's two but, years older than Peter Lavia, and he's he a rookie. He very nice skin. So, <laughs> Allison pointed this out to us before, and I was like, you know. That's what I was thinking, too. So we're on the same page. That's good. <laughs> um, let's start, actually, with Laviolette and what okay. you think about – it's so weird the Rangers are going back to – they're like, we watched Nashville the last couple of years. Let's do this. Um, let's start with Laviolette and say, like, what – what is his style like? What can he possibly open up with this New York Ranger team? And, and what can fans expect? So he can help create a more aggressive forecheck than other coaches around the league. That is, I would say, the strength. And I think he does emphasize, like, 
coverage in that net front area, which I'm sure the Rangers would also appreciate. He has been a coach when he's had a very good goalie. He's been a coach when he's had a not so great goalie. And I think that, you know, it's, it's not like he needs one or the other to thrive. Like some coaches need that like expert goaltender. But the thing that I think would be good, good with him is, is that forecheck because it's something that the Rangers are missing because we see them so rarely extend zone time and pressure the puck the way I think we see the kid line do it, right? That's the one we would point out and be like, wow, look at how they're making defensive plays in the offensive zone. Look how they're pressuring pucks to, you know, regain possession and stop the team, their opponents from exiting the zone. The other lines, I don't think we got that nearly enough. So to have a coach that can help extend those zone opportunities would be huge because having a rush-based game is just one side of it. You need to do more than rush up the ice, create a chance, fold back, and play defense all of a sudden. You need to sustain offensive pressure. I think that could be something good that he brings. The bad is his ice time distribution. Uh, We saw this more with Nashville, and it might have been a product of their roster because the Predators didn't have – too many star players under him Uh, with the caps. It's a little bit different because you have Ovechkin and it's really hard to look at the last year because there were so many injuries that it it is tough to judge and start nitpicking some of those decisions because what decisions were there to make considering some of the, you know, I, the number of injuries, they probably had more injuries than anyone this year besides maybe the blue jackets, but with Nashville, especially we saw this, he rolled out his lines way too evenly. So you don't need it that, your first line, say, is only playing 17 minutes a game on average, and your fourth line isn't far behind. That was a serious issue in Nashville. I think that contributed to him leaving the team when he did. I think he was an okay hire at the time for the Predators, keep in mind. He seemed fine, but that, I think, was his undoing because there were even crucial moments when you should have just been double-shifting your first and second line and throwing Phil Forsberg out there a million times, and he was still giving his fourth line shifts. We've seen that with recent Ranger coaches, and that isn't exactly ideal if in a third period of game you're trailing 2-1 or 3-1 that you're putting out Barkley Goudreau's line instead of saying Panarin and Zibanejad, let's go, let's ride, you know? Shana, this is a point I brought up on OT, and I want to make it clear before I I frame it to you. I'm not trying to necessarily defend Peter Laviolette or John Hines in this regard. I, I think my opinion of both coaches is extremely vanilla. I'd rather go somewhere else at the same time before we go into what Hines can necessarily do, I think it's important to talk about Nashville as a whole, a team that since Laviolette's tenure ended and all of John Hines's tenure, they did not add anything to make that team better. They just kind of assumed they'd get really good goaltending and other things would work. They got the really good goaltending, other things did work, but like they lost Victor Arvidsson, they lost Ryan Ellis, and their way to replace those two players was hopes and dreams yeah. a little bit. Yeah, no, the roster, the roster there, had it was flawed under Laviolette, even at their peak, right? We look at their peak against Pittsburgh in the final. There were still flaws. There, there was only so many offensive stars up there. They were back from the Barry Trotz era. It was all about their blue line. And you think they could have, if they were going to move out of defenseman, it was going to be to bring in that star forward. Instead, they handed the Matt Duchesne contract. That was something else, like... It's been a lot of mistakes, a lot of mismanagement, and everybody like liked Poyle for so long because of his tenure and a couple good moves he made, like the Forsberg for Erat trade. 
from years ago and, and having the goalie system that he did. So you go from Pecorine to UC Soros, and they were willing to use Soros so young, but that roster he put out in recent years was terrible. That was a team that could have used used like a pause at the deadline to step back, sell a couple pieces, and retool on the fly the way the Capitals did this year so many times, and they didn't. So they were not in a good position. Like If you look at that team last year, Roman Yossi's Norris caliber season, no one on that team up front besides the top line, and it was primarily Forsberg and Duchesne, carried the puck into the offensive zone. No one up front did that. You have three lines of forwards who can't carry the puck into the zone. And on the blue line, you have Yossi doing it. That's it. That's not a sustainable way to play if you're chipping and chasing and they didn't have a good enough team to just recover the pucks and go to town like a team like the Hurricanes could. They have not been built for success, and it was a really bad team that Hines was handed. Absolutely agree. Again, I'm not defending Hines either. Uh, I want to. If anybody thinks we're, that we're we're going to start every comment we have yeah, if, about the coaches with, it, we want to make it clear we're not defending the hire. We're not defending either hire here, but I could I could easily see as to why that man didn't win or make the playoffs with In most Nashville of the or New Jersey. Yes, yeah. especially no. especially New Jersey at the time. Yeah, no, full beyond agreement with you, and he was more well regarded in college and for a reason and. You know what? He was someone that when he got the job in Nashville, I was a little surprised. He was out of a job for, what, a week at the time, if I remember right? It was a week, yeah. yeah. It was really quick. And it was like, oh, okay. For all coaches, if look, if Rod Brindamore got fired tomorrow. He'd be the Ranger coach tomorrow. I'm, even if he got fired in season, how many teams would fire their coach to have the opportunity to get him? It, there would be a plane outside his house, and he wouldn't know why. Yeah, like, that's... multiple planes, probably. This yes. is true for Cooper and Bednar. For Hines? A week, it's like it's 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 a choice, and the thing is, it seems like he's been regarded as a good people manager for a bit, especially with young players. And if you're a college coach too, you have to handle a lot. You have to handle a, an evolving roster and kids, literal kids. I get that, but then there were some negative comments about him in exit interviews from players too. It's so if someone like Barry Trotz who was one of the most defensively-minded coaches. And I like Barry Trotz as a coach a lot, despite his blind spots. I think he was the perfect defensive specialist coach that you bring into a really good offensive team with no structure, like the Islanders were. You let them cook, and then you move on to the next one. If he's looking at your team going, we need an offensive coach, and they're getting rid of Hines for that, it's like, that's not the pick you want for New York. Some of the comments I saw when Hines was fired, because, you know, you do a little due diligence as a as a podcast host and a journalist like myself. And uh, I saw multiple Nashville fans calling him Voldemort, which I said, hmm, <laughs> I don't want to steal that, but I'm assuming you don't like this guy. Yeah, he definitely doesn't seem like he was a favorite anywhere he went at the NHL level. And it did feel like he was someone... People were pretty high on when he entered the NHL. There was that exciting wave of NHL co- NCAA to NHL coaches. That pipeline, it was like, wait, you know, Dave Haxtall, you go to the Flyers. It obviously didn't work out, but he goes to the Kraken. You have David Quinn coming in. You had Jim Montgomery. You had John Hines. Like, it was a little bit more exciting for a second there, but it does feel... And sometimes when you're joining a new league and coaching at a different level, like, you might need a minute, you know? Mike Sullivan didn't work out in his first NHL gig. Bruce Cassidy didn't, and they've become good coaches since. 
But now we're talking past New Jersey and past Nashville. It's like, what what is he going to bring new to the Rangers besides a passive system that's a little, you know, it's more passive offensively. It's a little better defensively. But what what does that do to this roster? It For me, it all depends on, and this is going to be the biggest part of it, with Laviolette and Hines. If you look to New Jersey and you look at Lindy Ruff as head coach, I had a lot of thoughts about him being named head coach of the New Jersey Devils because I didn't think he was good systematically with the Rangers. Now, we didn't know how much of it was him versus him trying to execute Elaine Vigneault's system. I didn't think it was good either way. And with New Jersey, I didn't think it was good either way either. But this year, they approached things differently. They changed out two assistant coaches for him and brought in two tacticians. Whether the assistant coaches went to him and said, this is what we need to change in your system and I will help execute it, or they just learned to execute Ruff's vision differently, I don't know the answer. I wish I did. I honestly don't know that. I think that's kind of the key for Lavula and Hines, though, if one of them is going to be viewed as the people manager, the bench manager, the head coach, and not the tactician, which is similar to what the Rangers were just dealing with with Gallant, can they bring in the right tacticians who, one, bring their own ideas to adjust the systems that both of these coaches have, and two, can they actually execute it seamlessly? Then it's a totally different conversation, but we don't know if that's the case yet. Shannon, the big reason why I have been at least not as upset about Hines as I have Laviolette is that if this is Chris Drury's roll of his last dice, if he doesn't feel like he's going to be guaranteed a second head coaching hire, I can at least respect and buy into the notion that Drury is trying to hire a guy he feels he can control from the jump. The coach is going to do exactly what Drury wants will utilize players exactly in the at least lineup construction that Drury wants, and then Drury is just hoping the coach is a good enough in-game manager to adjust on the fly and have a different meeting with Drury after the game to regroup and, and refocus. Is that at least a silver lining in this search, or am I just grasping for straws? If it's Hines, um, yes. There's good and bad to that, in my opinion. It was not that way with Gallant, right? We mm. all know it. He didn't use players the way I think it was envisioned for him from day one. And he was never someone that was going to listen to you on who to use and how to use them. You mm. give him the roster and that's it. Even though he can cross the lines and tell you the players he wants, you can't cross the lines and tell him how to do his job. And he would do it out of spite. And if it didn't work, he would go, oh, look, doesn't work. Even though we never put a player in the position to succeed in the first, but oh, doesn't work. Sorry, they can't play. They couldn't shake it on my fourth line. I'm never moving them up. That was the kind of guy he was. If they wanted to deal with someone different, I don't blame them, right? Why would you go for the same thing over and over again? But I think that you do potentially run into a problem if you go for someone that's a little too like-minded because it helps to have someone that brings different ideas to the table. It helps to have these different mindsets that you can have a more collaborative bench and try to bring some fresh ideas to it. If the two of you are the same exact ideas every single day, you're going to get stale, in my opinion. Even if those ideas is, you know, might on paper sound right, I think it doesn't hurt to have some differences, a little bit of sandpaper between to push each other to come up with something better if something doesn't work. But if Heinz is going to be the more collaborative guy with Chris Drury, 
as long as they can get him the right tacticians and he is going to make some changes from his previous two tenures, even though he's being handed a job four seconds after losing his job, you know, if he can see reason to change his ways a bit and you get him the right support system, it could make some sense. Maybe. With every... And look, I'm not defending the hire. <laughs> with, with, with everything we've kind of gone over over the past, I don't know, 20 minutes here, most coaches are getting somewhat of like four-year deals. I would be kind of shocked if I think one of these coaches is going to get a three-year deal from the Rangers and then maybe take a year off when if somebody gets fired, no matter what here. Uh, could you see like a two-year deal option? Is that even a thing? Do, do, do coaches get two-year deals? Not really. The last low-year deal I can remember was Barry Trotz with Washington. His contract would auto-renew for a year. One year at a cost that was decided when the contract was first signed, and that was it. There was no wiggle room around that, and he wanted a little more job security, and, I, and I'm sure more pay because if I remember right, the number was pretty low because coaching salaries just exploded between the time he stopped and started with Washington. With uh, Washington, So you don't see it now. People want security. Coaches, for the most part, are not players who are young and single and don't care and don't mind bouncing around too. A lot of them have families and lives and want roots and things like that. I, it does feel like, and two, we know how easy it is to get rid of a coach in this league, and teams, especially with one with as deep as pockets as the Rangers, they don't care how much they're spending in coaches. Look at what the Canucks are doing. Look how much money they have tied up in, what, four different coaches right now? I they think they're still care. playing Trent Green. Yeah, they don't. They do not care. That's fine. That's That's pocket change to them. Whatever they have to do to get the next person in. I can't see it being less than three years. I could see three. Three, I think, is reasonable. I can't see it being less than that. Uh, what's the optimism in your in your eyes for a Ranger fan? Because obviously, no way to sugarcoat it. It's been probably one of the more discouraging coaching searches that has happened. Not that necessarily, you know, I, I don't know anyone that was a huge brunette guy. I think everybody, it, it's funny watching Ranger fans. They talk themselves in the Burnett because they weren't, Laviolette, they talked themselves in the Wah because they, he wasn't Hines. Sullivan was never happening. Keith, while it was a little more likely, also unlikely to happen. So, like, what what should a Ranger fan, in your eyes, hang their hat on at this point in time? Is there anything, or are we all just kind of living this doomed life together? I am not a look-at-the-bright-side kind of person. Yeah, so that's why me. I asked. Um, you know, it, it, I'm sure it sucks. You look around at the up and coming coaches. It could be someone like Ryan Warkowski. I might've said his name wrong from, uh, the Sharks assistant well, coach. How about this? Let me phrase it differently. We're now at a point where I think the Rangers and the Flames are the only two jobs left. Gerard yeah. Gallant seems to be the favorite for the Flames and it's either going to be Hines and LaViolette. So you're telling me that this entire coaching cycle, we're going to go, Jay Leach is not going to get hired as a head coach somewhere. I'm not sure he's going to. No, it feels like Carberry was our the one pick of the up-and-coming coaches. You know, it, it doesn't seem like they were ever... I, I don't know how... Like, But also, that's because he knew a guy. Like, hey, I coached here before. Remember me? You, but you know what? I don't mind that for him because I think that there's some value to that. As someone that... He was successful both as an assistant coach, which is what Rod Brindamore used to be, and he was successful as an AHL coach, 
which is what John Cooper and Jared Bednar and Mike Sullivan all were, I see why a team would look at that and go, okay, wait, that could be our version of that. I get it. I um, love that. Yeah, why not? Like, I, I look, I get it that you're not going to pick a coach out of thin air. Not everyone's going to go for Marty St. Louis, who has legitimately no adult coaching experience. <clears throat> and you're not going to go for someone even like Joel, uh, Joel Ward is just starting to coach, right? You know, in, I think he's in the AHL for Vegas right now. Like, there's some up-and-coming coaches. Jessica Campbell is with the Coachella Firebirds. That's someone interesting. Mark Savard's name has been in coaching before. He's with the OHL. Jason Payne, I think, is in the ECHL. There are names out there for up-and-coming coaches that should be in the cycle more. There are some that are going to want those coaches to get a little bit more seasoning so they don't have only a year or two of coaching experience. And I get that to a point. The Rangers, we knew we're not going to go for that. Maybe if they go super traditional, like they are in Laviolette, they can get a little more untraditional with the assistant coaches. If I'm a general manager hiring someone like Peter Laviolette, who's been fired numerous times, and I looked at Gallant last, and Gallant brought Mike Kelly from place to place to place, my optimism would be that management looks at it and goes, you're not bringing your assistant. Your trusty assistant, who you have failed with at every spot, it's not like... We've, it, when Gallant's gotten fired before, it's Gallant and Kelly out together. Why did you hire both then? Hire the one and tell him to find someone else to be his tactician. Like, that's where maybe they could learn from it. But I guess the one positive, the one positive I can find from this entire coaching search is that the Rangers saw that there was a problem behind the bench and they did something about it. I know that's not what everybody wants to hear because they might make another mistake in five minutes. Who's to say? It's Monday. You never know what could happen. But... It seems like they understood what went wrong with Gallant. Did it take him doing it with three straight NHL teams for them to get it? Sure, but like they did figure that much out and they are moving on and they're trying to progress from that. So that's the one positive. Is this where we have the Chris Knobloch conversation? Damn, you're good. I was about to do that. (laughs) All right, let's have it. Hit me. Well, it just, it leans into what you're saying. So it sounds like you might think, he still needs a little bit more of that seasoning, but is he a but guy? He's been a coach for a minute. Sure, it's but is, from one year, is he a guy that you could see as, say, they bring in Hines? Jury brings in Hines and goes, guess what? Knobloch's here too, and he's going to be your number one. And uh, just so you know, you got a guy looking over your shoulder the entire time. That's the one problem you have. But look at Lindy Ruff and Andrew Burnett. Everybody looked at Andrew Burnett as the guy that's going to take Lindy's job mid-season and he was still okay with it sometimes you have to be an adult and go i'm going to be fine with it because i'm not going to do anything to get fired and with heinz having a relationship with chris drury and knoblanc being his guy and that's this is where it gets the trickiest though because brunette came into the devils he wasn't anybody's guy you know knoblanc was hired in the ahl by chris drury that's his guy to a point but I think any other coaching candidate could look at it and go, if you wanted him as your head coach, you could have hired him last time. You could have hired him this time. You didn't. You could have hired him midseason if you fired Glant. You chose not to do that. That was an option in front of him. That's the one bit of security. But could I see them saying you should have his name in the mix as your offensive coach? Why not? I do kind of wonder what this timeline where the Rangers lost that St. Louis game, where Lafreniere and Mika Zibinojad don't save Gerard Glant's job. The irony. It's always a player like that, like Lafreniere doing it. 
it was Lafreniere. Yeah, like, I know. It, 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 <laughs> who was it for David Quinn? Like, I don't remember, but it's like, you know, there's these moments where it's the player that it should not be them saving their job. They're the player that'll thrive the most if they're gone. I, the irony is too, too much for me. Like, we talked about it throughout the year, but obviously they wanted Trotz. Trotz wouldn't make a decision. Now he's GM of Nashville. No way he's leaving there. He's got a sweet, sweet gig. I think he's um, a uh, great general manager. I don't want to hear it because I think so he's going to be far, fucking like, awesome. And he sounds cool. He's really personable. He seems like a nice guy. He's also the coach we've said like is the best coach in the NHL for the last like five years <laughs> on this show. <laughs> so it makes me sick. Yeah, I don't think that. that I think he's coach. a great coach, but yep. I don't think he's the, last, the best coach of the last five years. I think he's the best specialist. He got the most out of a very, very bad Islander team. Because they were a very, very, very good offensive team that he joined. And he it was he was the perfect coach at the time. And he brought in the goaltending specialists and everything else. I still think Bednar is the best coach of the last five years. Bednar? Yeah. I'd really? I'd, I'd, at, still, I'd still say Rod. I, I would put Brindamore up there and I'd put Cooper up there. And I know everybody wants to just say, well, look at the talent that Cooper and Bednar have. They both have smart ideas and innovative innovative ideas. Jared Bednar was a smart guy. He was with the Blue Jackets AHL organization, and he was saying, I'm going to use my defensemen as rovers. That wasn't just some strategy. Well, I'm, I have Kel McCarr. I'm going to do that. He was doing it with Zach Wierenski in the AHL. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to play a modern style. And last year when they won the Cup, he was the coach that the last month he went, well, I'm going to use this time appropriately. We're in. It doesn't matter. But now let me figure out every line combination I have that works, and I'm going to start testing them out because if something goes wrong in the playoffs, and it did, they had injuries and all things like that, he went, I have a solution for it, and he did. And he's a coach who didn't panic when his team got stood up in the neutral zone against Vegas. They could have said, our rush base style doesn't work in the playoffs, and panicked and changed everything, like, hello, Florida tried to for a minute there. And he went, nope, we're going to power through it. We're going to learn from it, and we're going to get more dimensional, and we're going to be fine. I think he is really a great coach. It's funny, I wouldn't have Bednar even close to Ryder Cooper. But maybe it's just because I don't watch a lot of Western Conference hockey comparatively. That's fair. But you know what? You're, the bar is high with Cooper and Brindamore. I think Trotz is up there. I th- but like I said, I think he's the best specialist coach of the bunch. And he had blind spots too. He was not good with player development. Point is, I'd choke a small animal alive uh, to death for Barry Trotz um, to be the New York Rangers coach. And that's just not happening. So they did... They did try to get him to become the coach. And then I, I do wonder what that timeline looks like where they just fire Gerard Gallant. And they're like, oh, let's put anybody in here. And if, the, if there was some sort of different outcome for the for the playoffs. We'll never know, of course. But it's fun to think about. I, just, I, still, it's, it, I still have the hard time getting to the they would have just rode it out with Knobloch if they fired Gallant because it's a team that has playoff aspirations. I just think like... I, I think Trotz essentially telling the Rangers, I need more time to be with my family, and Jury sticking with Glant was him essentially saying, like, Mike Babcock's not going to save this team, and that's who I'm going to have to hire if I fire Well, Jared Mike Glant. Babcock's going to save a team. That's right. John Davidson said, you know what? My young, up-and-coming team, that's the coach I want. Uh, I feel very justified when the Mike Babcock hiring came out because one of my first takes when Davidson got fired was, uh, I think Dolan's right and he's doing the right thing. <laughs> I I was so torn on him because he was someone everyone aspired and held on such like a pedestal and I understood it because I think he did a great job at St. Louis, but there's not many things you could look at it in his New York tenure that you go, you handled that. Like 
there was a lot there. And I, you know, maybe he couldn't have done things differently, but there's just some things that you're like, yeah, it did not work out in New York for numerous reasons. It was not the one, re- the reason he left was not the reason thing, you know, like it, it was everything before that, if that, if he were fired like separately, it would have made more sense because it would have been like, yeah, well, if you start putting together the pieces. Yeah. Uh, Dolan was right. He made the right move. Good for him. Uh, Knobloch will stay the coach. I wonder if he makes him an offensive, uh, a, an offensive assistant. We have no idea. We will find that out. We need offensive coordinators. I don't want to hear assistants anymore. I want to hear five on five coordinator. Ooh. I want to hear offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, penalty kill coordinator. Like I feel like we need more detailed names for what the, these coaches are. I want to see a five on five coordinator. Why not? And let someone master special teams. Like. Why Why is everything so traditional in that, too? Like, I feel like we need teams to even just break past that a little more. I, I, well, I just, I do think it's funny because a hockey fan's going to hear this and then go, well, what's the point of having a head coach then if he's just going to delegate everything? And yet we'll call on a podcast and be like, boy, Kyle Shanahan sure knows how to pick his defensive coordinators. <laughs> like <laughs> well, like you, any you, other sport, it's a normal thing. Yeah, and it's good to delegate. Look, a head coach at the NHL level does that already. Like, how many coaches... What did Gerard Gallant do relative to his assistants? He was not he was not picking out defensive pairs every night. He was not using the defensive strategy. He wasn't. It's it's the day to day small stuff. A lot of coaches don't do that. Sometimes when a, an assistant who was that specialist gets the you know promotion, they'll still be like in the mud with the power play. But you don't always see that. With Vegas, Bruce Cassidy, we knew was going to be more hands on with the power play. That's something he's very good at. But it's not the case for everybody that like it's it really does depend on the team the person that you're picking to be the head coach some legitimately are people managers john tortorella is not your tactician he's your bench manager he's your people manager there's a certain style he wants it to play he's going to delegate it to have coaches to teach you how to play his way i mean i miss torts but he can't be the coach again (laughs) 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 that's kind of where we're at uh do you have any final predictions of who you think it'll be? Probably come out tonight, now that we've said it. Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to be wrong. I feel like if it was going to be Laviolette, it would have happened already. If he was their guy and they were thrilled, it was going to happen already. I do kind of feel like it's going to be Hines for some of the reasons we discussed. I'm sure they like the idea of more defensive stability, even though I think the folks should be on offense. I'm sure they like the idea of having yes a yes man. Um, the fact that they gave Laviolette pause, maybe they talked to Hines and they went, you know what, we were right all along and that's our guy. But it just feels like... Everybody knows what Laviolette has done for the last million years. Like Coach every team in the Metro. Yeah. It just feels like at a certain point, it's like, if that job, he was the ideal candidate, he was going to get it. Would I love to see them spice it up? Even if they were like, hey, we got permission from the Bruins to talk to Joe Sacco, who I thought was going to be, honestly, he was someone I thought there was a chance could become an assistant with David Quinn because they had worked together before. But that obviously didn't happen. He didn't leave his team at the time. Um, but like, if they could shake things up with a surprise like that, I would be interested. It would give me like Derek Lalonde vibes in Detroit, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be Hines. I think it's going to be Hines as well. Greg, any final questions for our dear friend Shana? Uh, no, I also think <laughs> it's going to be Hines. I just, the same thing. Like if Laviolette was the guy he'd be hired, Hines at least has only been available for a week. Though I will say, the longer this goes on, the more that Joel Quenville voice is just going to haunt my dreams. But it doesn't even sound like he's going to get reinstated. So maybe that's the thing to hold on to hope for. 
Yeah, that is. And that one's that one's interesting. Um how it was reported, you know, with the vagueness of not saying which team asked for it unless Quenville personally asked for it, which I don't know the process and what is or isn't allowed. He is one of the best coaches around, but until you hear that he has done any work on himself, like it's so frustrating. We have to have the conversation and there's so many people out there annoyed that the conversation about Quenville has to be had or that we have to talk poorly about Mike Babcock. And it's like, Hey, we're not just doing this for sport. No, you think I want to like, uh, I'm like, you know what I want to do today? Talk about this. That's <laughs> like, that's not, it's not really on my situation no. for, for Quenville. No. Uh, Prefer not. I understand he's a great coach. Just prefer not to do it. Yeah. That's all. Shana, thank you so much. Why don't you plug everything you got coming out? Um, what do I have coming out? Oh, yes. I have stories. Helps. I'm working on stories. I'm working on Oh, stories. you're writing. I'm writing. I have stories. Yeah. I'm I you know what? I am so disorganized. I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. But I have stories I coming out at some point later this week on days that will not be named because I don't know. But I'm writing stuff about the Stanley Cup final and yeah, that's still going on? It's still going on. I'm writing about the computer boys and how they have an impact on the Stanley Cup final. Um, so is there, hopefully There's not even a game tonight, isn't there? There Tonight there is. Tonight there oh, is. there is? Yes. Then there's not for a couple days. Oh, um, the schedule has been brutal. It's, it's, <laughs> I felt like I had to mentally prepare myself to like get in the zone to watch game one. But at least the game was good and like caught my attention early. Because I was like, I'm not. I'm not. He, I'm in such off-season mode like literally 90 percent of my stories about the off-season now that i'm like i have to keep remembering like hello there's still games going on it did feel like like i'm not really invested in this final i'm I'm happy either way i think eichel you know i probably root there'd be a lot of fun storylines for ranger fans if eichel won so i'm kind of rooting for that situation but mostly just for the the chaos but for the most part the season's been over for me for over a month now so it's like okay cool great have fun over there uh Shana, you're the best. Can't appreciate you enough. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. It's recording. Great. It's recording. Awesome. We're back. Thanks, Shana. Appreciate it. Uh, this is part of the show where we leave five-star questions. Look, if you send me a five-star question in my DMs, I won't read it on the show. That's not against you. I just only read from the Discord. That's just what I do. So if you want to leave, if you want to leave a five-star question, go to the Discord. Uh, leave it on the Discord channel. Become a Patreon subscriber. You know how this goes. This is from Panaridoid Android. Was there a worse current NHL coach that shook loose at the last minute for Drury to hire than Hines? Uh, don't know. I, look, we defended a lot Hines on the podcast last week in OT. And it's just because we believe that there will be some, I guess, synergy. Is that the word? Between Chris Drury and, and Hines? So I don't know if there is a worse. At least Hines will be a yes man. That's that's the good news. And I I don't think he's exactly had the best teams. So there is there is some hope there. There probably is worse co- coaching options, I'm sure. I'm yeah, I, I don't know. Like we're not going to go out here and say that Laviolette and Hines are just misunderstood gentlemen and you don't actually understand what they are as coaches at this point in time. The reason why I'm optimistic on Hines is because again, at least Drury would be planting his flag and saying, if this is how I'm going to go, at least let me go out with someone I know that I can have a really close relationship with that will not bend to the will is the most dramatic take of it, but at least work in unison with Drury. And I just, I can at least hang my hat on a guy understanding the stakes that come with this coaching hire that I can appreciate. 
again, for me, why you can't do that with a first-time coach, someone who has creative ideas and might be a little bit more innovative, I don't know. But if it's Hines, I quickly become interested in who the Rangers' number one assistant is. That That's where my focus all of a sudden shifts if Hines is an absolute guy. I need to know who the assistant coach is because that will, quite honestly, tell us a lot. Couple of fun questions here. Well, this this question, PJ Smith won. What's uh, this one's not exactly fun, and I'm not sure I really agree with either of these. What's more annoying, bandwagon Met fans or bandwagon New York Ranger fans? I don't think either. I don't think really either. Are there a lot of bandwagon Met fans, Greg? Why would you be? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, like all of a sudden, someone's going to become a Met fan after they swept the Phillies just to see yeah, shit pumped by the Blue Jays. Yeah, who's like, this is awesome. <laughs> this, this feels fun. <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't mind when people jump on the like. Hockey, hockey is a little different with bandwagoning because it's you're probably a sports fan of the other teams, and when your team is like, your hockey team's in it, you're like, all right, now that they're good, I'll check in and I'll be back. I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, bandwagon fans don't really upset me like they. I've just grown out of the phase of being like, well, I'm a bigger fan than you. I used to be like that, absolutely. Same. Uh, I've grown out of it too. And- yeah, I'm, I'm just not that way anymore. However, you want to ingest sports, good for you. Uh, I've become definitely more insular with how I watch and experience sports. Like, I, I, I got to tell you, I'll go to a Met game with a lot of diehard Met fans that I don't know around me, and I'll probably walk away annoyed by them more times than <laughs> which, not. Which, by the way, is unbelievable. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, however uh, you want to be a sports fan is cool as long as you're doing it in a safe and constructive way. And if you want to jump yeah, on a bandwagon because the team's playing, playing fun, um, I, that's great. And hopefully you stick around once things go poorly. Because uh, I know they don't. There, the there, there are things you can't do. Like, you can't be like, I love the Mets and the Yankees. Now we're, now we're in trouble. Right, right. You, <laughs> you can't be, I'm a New York fan. No, you're yeah. not. That's no, right. you're not. That's you're not bitch. how this that's works. That's what you are. That's like, how this works. We have a word for what you are, and it is not fan. Craig said it, not me. Brian Mallon 89 says, if Laviolette becomes the Rangers coach based on his 2006 Cup win, and you combine it with the Mets not winning a World Series in 2006, does that mean that 2006 is the worst year in Greg's life? I think it was the worst year of my life anyway. Like, forget about what Laviolette. Didn't matter what happened, yeah. Uh, I, to this day, I can see the tree clearly that I was going to just drive my car into when the Mets lost Game 7. And you had the rope I, in the back, too, just in case. I didn't want, was wearing a seatbelt. I just, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. Be safe, everybody. 2006, worst year of my life. I don't know. I, I got in the Marist that year because I was early decision. Congrats. So that was a December 2006 um, decision for me. I got my driver's license that year, I believe. No, might have got my license in 2005, August of 05. So I'd already been driving, but this was <laughs> just fully the worth I'm really going through. The, I'm trying to think if this was the worst year of my life. Yeah. The, it was. I was sure the Mets were winning the World Series, which – that's the big difference to me from 2015 and 2006. Don't get me wrong. It's a different kind of depressed I am about 2015 when you combine the Rangers fucking it up at the end and the Mets fucking it up at the end. The difference is in 2015 I with the Mets, it was a lot of happy to be here. Didn't think I'd make it this far. We sucked in July kind of thing. Whereas the 2006 Mets were just the best team in the National League all fucking year. No contestants. We are going to be the shit. And then we lost to an 83-win Cardinal team because of a bad luck game seven. Like, that to me, I was like, oh, there is no God. Yeah, God's not real. This is fascinating to find out. Judaism was not the right religion. I should have picked a different one. Like, that that was the mindset I was going through in 2006. But 2015, from a sports standpoint, 
that was a tough year. The Rangers, I was sure, were going to go on a deep cup run. The Mets, I thought, well, the Mets had five different leads in five different World Series games. So that that's neither here nor there. But I did go to Brazil, and that oh. was a hell of a time. Yeah, that, that was definitely a good year for you. Uh, this is from Dr. Zayas. Uh, what is the best line the Rangers have had since the letter? Some nominations I submit. The Kid Line, Boys to Men, KZB, uh, Kreider, Mika, and Kako. I, listen, I, I think the one, the answer here, and I know this is going to sound crazy, the the eight games when Ryan Strom, Kako, and Panarin were together was the most electric line I've seen <laughs> on this team. I, I can't believe that was it, but it well, was. I, the correct there's a clear correct answer to me, but I just don't want to say it because I don't want people to be like, This is it, another reason they should have uh, traded Puchnevich. It's KZB. Yeah, it's like how many times do we want to have that conversation? Yeah, we don't. I, I don't want to have it anymore. The best I, line has been KZB and it's not close. Yeah, because Buchnevich is that guy. And it's a yeah. bummer he's not here anymore. I'm trying to think I've been trying to think the other day of like guys that my favorite teams have checked out on a little too early. Daniel Murphy doesn't count because nobody saw those 330 no. 1000 OPS years coming with Daniel Murphy. It was, it was only three, but boy, they were insane. Yeah, but nobody questioned the Mets when they walked away from him. Everybody pretty much agreed that those seven straight home runs he hit in the postseason, that was a great accomplishment. Let's all relish in it, and let's just call it a day this man can't play second base. And, and I don't think, like, Duclair, for example. No. They, that doesn't that doesn't count. Well, because it... It has to be a player you walked away from who was just entering that peak. You you spent so long fighting for it to then witness it happen. And by the way, you got nothing for it. I've been trying to think if there was a player like that in my life. Um, Gallinari had a chance to be that guy, but he never got there. Nope. So I, like, I'm able to walk away from that and not think twice of it. Uh, with the Mets... I mean, Casimir didn't stick with it long enough, but God, that trade's fucking the second straight week. Fucking it. <laughs> uh, but like, it, Dude, the, out of, the out of context video, that is hilarious. Car- Carlos Gomez, at least you got Johan Santana for it, so I don't really consider that one to be a problem whatsoever. I don't think there's been another trade in my Met fandom that I can at least think of off the top of my head where they traded a guy that I was so emotionally invested in for like no good reason, even though there was. And at least an acceptable reason, it's just a rookie GM made a rookie mistake. There's a lot of good five stars this week. I want to give credit to everybody. I'm not sure we're going to have time to get to every single one, but there's a lot of good ones. This is from Eeyore Shesterkin. The Steve Dangle boys have been talking about how badly the COVID situation fucked up the Leafs cap-wise, and they signed the core four. The assumption that the cap would go up, and then it did not. And it got me thinking. Is our fan base discounting the impact it may have had on Lafreniere and Kako's development? They both had formative years and their career completely screwed and could very well be still dealing with the effects. I don't think we're discounting that at all. I think we no. actually talk about it constantly. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of things – we we all lost two years there in the middle. We all, all did. So Everybody. Whether you lost it being a professional hockey player at two important years of your developmental curve or whether you lost it just doing a podcast you lost two years of your life they they're gone 2020 to 2021 those years poof vanished nothing happened nothing fun so it's no that's part of it is it the biggest reason no it's one of the many reasons it might have a heavier percentage than some of the other things but no i don't think we're discounting it it's just at some point 
you you got to turn the corner a little bit. Agreed. Uh, this next is from Dan from LI. Are we in DEFCON 5 now with Heinz? Yep. Okay. Uh, this is from Brian. With the Rangers pulling in Nashville, not being public with the coaching search before giving their head coach the boot, been better for your mental health? Nah, it's fine. We would have talked about Glant a lot anyway and how they haven't fired him. Um, I don't... I, I don't just, think Glant getting fired affected me mentally at all. No. I think if he stayed, it would have affected me mentally. I don't know. That's a hard one. I think, to me, the thing I still don't understand is why we need to be so secretive and clandestine about a fucking pro hockey team. That The whole point is to generate interest and news and insight in your hockey team. I get not wanting to do the entire thing on a public Zoom. That's fine. But I don't understand why, specifically in hockey, everything needs to be done behind closed doors where you don't want the fans to have a fucking inkling of an idea as to what you're doing that that to me defeats the purpose of sports. It's like, imagine there's a TV show, but instead of getting to watch the TV show, you only get plot recaps at the end of a meeting that happened behind closed doors that you didn't even know was actually happening. Or, yeah. or it's a, it's imagine a podcast a, about a hockey team. <laughs> imagine being a fan of the writings of George RR Martin. That's what I assume being a Ranger fan is right now, where That's you perfect. keep hearing things but nothing's going to fucking happen. Uh, this is from Call Him Kiki. Oh, my. Are we going to hire a coach whose name is a ketchup brand? And does that mean we've lost all our dignity as a franchise? I know it's different spelling, and I don't care. We've lost all our dignity a long, long time ago. No. Uh, this is from Slap Drury Fire Hines. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if you were to, hi- uh, to have one kid break out next season and score 60-plus points, who would you pick? Key, Schneider, Heedle, Kako, Laugh. Can be for personal preference, fun to watch if whatever they did or whatever. Uh, for me, it would be Lafreniere, and I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, I just think it would help the team the most. Like, I think Kako is already a great player, and I don't need him to change much. More. Right, so you're doing this from the mindset of if Hedl or Kako scored 60, that wouldn't surprise you as much as Lafreniere scoring 60? Yeah, if Lafreniere next year all of a sudden broke out and became the player we always thought he would be, or actually thought he, he scouted profile-wise to be, I would be shocked. I would say the most, yes, I would agree with that. I would say the most shocking would actually be if Schneider all of a sudden scored 60 If points, Schneider scored 60 points, I, we'd have to do cartwheels. Yeah, well, I just have a lot of questions about what the hell happened with the season. Yeah. What, what went wrong? Was he playing center all of a sudden? Yeah, how did this happen? That's fair. That's fair. Uh there's a couple other questions. Let's see. Would you? Uh, this is from Jay White one eighty eleven. Would you call Gary Benton's tenure as commission a success? Um, no, there have been a couple holdouts, and I believe the Coyotes are still playing in a gym. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Uh, this is from Trooper Train. I'm going to Philly in July for a baseball trip. Ryan, any suggestions? Place I could eat while in Philly. Both cheesesteak and non cheesesteak options will be great. Yes, I'm glad you asked. There is a Home Depot uh, in South Philly. It is attached. A good eatery. Good local. It's eatery. a good eatery, and attached to it is one of the best cheesesteak places I've ever had. Like if you're from Philly, that's where you go to get cheesesteaks. And there is a nacho place in West Philadelphia near where I live called Don Bariga. It is the best nachos you will ever have. Please Google it. Uh, Vin Vinden thirteen. Would you take another chance? Oh, I just threw my phone. Great. Would you take another chance at a one year deal at a four point five million dollars after surgery? And missing the start of the season, if we meant we trade, oh, I guess this is taking another chance on Kane because Kane had surgery this week. I don't think I would take another chance on Kane. Yeah, I just, 
Well, it's four point five million on Kane. I'm okay. No, no, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm just. I just think I'm good. I, I, at least with Kane, if you wanted to come back on the super cheap and sit out half the season and then play up into the running to the playoffs and into the playoffs, like talk about low risk move. It's fine. It, it has a high ceiling for success. All that. Um, I just, I, I, I'm so, I'm so good. I just don't. I gotta tell you, I've never been less enthused about a possible free agent class. I saw a couple people people being like, "Oh, the Rangers need Jonathan Marchessault." Or and as soon as I saw the tweet, I was like, "With whose money? What? What are we doing? We are broke. We yeah. have nothing." This is actually Hong Kong Harrison. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> just got it. Hong Kong Harrison says, uh, "Basically, league cap situations. Have you heard anything on that?" The answer is. I think that they're going to push to try and get more, but Batman's going to stay fast at one million. I wouldn't be shocked if it goes to three million more, but I think it stays at around like one point five, something like that. Yeah, I think it's just a, a flat one, and I think there's going to be another lockout. Very likely. Uh, this one just came in. And this would be the last one. If I missed your question, I'm sorry. I will try and get to it next week. This is from Larry Bubs. Is your opinion on Drury changing at all? This is a big complete mess, and I don't really think they have a plan. I will. Do you think this has been a complete mess? Like, I don't. What about this seems messy to you? I, I actually think Drury is doing extreme diligence to try and pick the best option from the options he has that fit the criteria he has been assigned to hire. The the messy part has been the fan speculation on what the hell is going on. What the which, hell? Which gets back to my part about this just not needing to be as secretive as we've allowed it to be. That part, But that, like... That is a self-inflicted mess that fans have created for themselves. I think Drury, there's nothing wrong with being pragmatic, especially since I don't think there was a slam dunk candidate available. And like Shana said, at least he realized there was a problem with Gallant, and instead of running it back just because he didn't necessarily know who was next, it's better he fired a guy without knowing what to do next than keep a guy because he's afraid of doing something else. I'd much rather make the plan up as you go, knowing that the current plan that you have is not working. That's okay by me. I don't think this has been a mess. It's been disheartening, but it has not been a mess. I'm not critical of Chris Drury just yet at all. Many, many reasons why. And I think he's covering all his bases. And I think that's eventually why he hires Hines, because it's much easier to get rid of Hines than it would be to get rid of Laviolette. But either way, if somebody somebody became available that they wanted, they'd be fired. That'd be it. And I go back to the other thing that we always say. doesn't really matter who this coach is. The Rangers are going to make the playoffs. So the, the coach will be able to be critical of him truly when it comes to the playoffs. This team, this roster, Igor Shosturkin, they are all good enough where we're going to get there. So let me see the process of how the, the, the food is made. But whatever, whatever coaching hire we bring in, May is when we're going to have an opinion on this man. Agreed. That's been the show. You can follow me on Twitter at O'Reilly. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We'll be back next week. Talk to you guys then. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, it's the end of the show. So without further ado, and I'll just get right into it. I'm going to name 90 names as quick as I can because I got to go. It's not even coming up in, in order anymore. Should I do this out of order? Am I doing this out of order? I guess I, guess I am. This is going to be a nightmare. Hold on. I'm still recording. Here we go. Out of order. Wayne E., Brian Doherty, Anthony Gray, Cassidy Rollman, Brian Farrell, Tom Tedeschi, Mike Manascu, Brandon Magnum. I don't know what order this is at all. Alex Flynn, Nate Hanafi, Brandon Lacos, James Masker, Pro World Takes Gamer, 
Ian Usher, Mike Pasternak, Chris Haru, Anthony Terragata, Ben Brett Grager, other slash Jack Bagley, Jordan, Ian Rodriguez, Brett McGinnis, Brian Gallagher, Darian Pascal Perrier, Adam Cretulo, Adam Cassidy, Tommy Seclary, give Gartner a cup. Hayek waivers happened. It did, but he's still here. Tony Gregory, John Shea, Jerry Marquez, John Hardesy, Vinny Bracco, Pavel, Adam Linder, Daniel Delaney, D- the Drop PK, Adam Keach, PJ Sparrow, Gretzky, Adam McFly, Leszek, Gronowski, Daniel Dezen, David Naren, and B- Bennett Lomayer, CJ Stellwagen, Winston, the Golden Retriever at this part of the show, Bill Allison, Jason Zabraski, Vinny Hay, Garrett Reynas, Neil Grover, Randy Tesser, Hello Vanilla, Conrad Pidemich, Anthony Maturo, A- Amber Cohensberger, Dennis Dyke, Swangard, Brian Mallon, Ant- Adam Cohen, Will Spector, Andrew Rauner, Bill Rattel, David Siegel, Matthew Kine, Meatball the Cat, Harrison Hasco, Jimmy Mack, Johnny Thundercock, J- Stickbullbox, Paul J. Smith, Christoph Berg, Alex Gartner, Cro- Josh Kestenbaum, Chris Finale, Chris Florida, Ben Weber, Lou Giordano, Mike Bucklaw, Ben Weber, Greg talks about the Mets during sex. Uh, I want to make sure I say Ben Waters one more time. Hip Hip 89, Eric Stagg, Tommy O'Neill, Brian Doyle, and Tori from Manhattan. That is the order of which we said today's show in. I don't know what the order was at all. Thank you all again for supporting us in the offseason. It means a lot to us. Uh, maybe we'll have a coach tomorrow. Call me. DM me. Let me know. Tag me. Let me know if we have a coach. Hit me up. We will talk to you guys soon. Love you. Bye. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.